Welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another Knock On Podcast. Unfortunately, (laughs) well... We're starting again right where we start started the last one, the rain pouring down. Right. We're in Utah. We're here at the Utah Total Archery Challenge. I'm with some amazing adaptive athletes that I met yesterday at the Black Rifle event, and they just came off the knock-on course. Freaking super encouraging. We did an awesome podcast and then had a massive power failure and, of course, didn't save so we gotta start oh. over it's not that big of a deal because we know each other better now so we just like talking yeah we like talking <laughs> so we're gonna start right here to my left introduce yourself tell us what's up and go for it uh hey so my name is matt pavlin um a u.s air force um disabled veteran um live out here in utah so i'm a local boy Visiting this uh, Total Archery Challenge for the first time. Never shot a bow. Um, had the opportunity to get into this archery uh, two days ago. And decided to <laughs> try this knock-on course Gosh. today. Not knowing what I was getting myself into. But, uh, yeah. And here I am. I don't know if you got yourself into it or your bros over here. Like sweet talked you into it there's a little it, like sweet tricked you into it which is awesome alcohol may have been involved we need an arrow retriever really <laughs> yes everyone needs that all right you're so, next so my name is jonathan lopez i'm a united states army veteran left arm amputee and um i honestly i've been shooting for about seven months right now seven and a half months uh I, I think it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> just picked up a bow. I thought it would be just hobby, something to play with. And for the last couple of months, uh, it's like a good friend of mine for a couple of years, Caleb, um, kind of told me about this challenge and uh, we were going to face this together. And training to be here has been an amazing journey. You know, from uh, when I first got a bow and they gave me a left-handed bow and I'm like, is this a joke? Because I'm missing the left arm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the grip. And having to reverse the sights to the yeah. right hand side. I had no idea how a bow works. And yeah. it's been a journey learning. Like, thanks for his support dragging me out here. How did you two first meet then? Instagram. And then we both met up at the Baton Memorial Death March in White Sands, New Mexico. You met on Instagram first? Like, where, like, just through, through mutual, mutual adaptive Yeti athletes. Butts. They kind of just... <laughs> <laughs> like, what was your common share? I saw one day that he posted up something, he was shooting a bow, and I saw this guy pulling a mouthpiece with a left arm shooting a bow out in his backyard, and I was like, that's the same bow I have. I said, hey, man, that's the same bow, let's talk shot uh, yeah so then we just texted every day we were shooting seeing how far we could shoot trying to get out to 100 and dialing in everything and just oh that's awesome led us to this so tell us about yourself hey guys my name is caleb brewer um i'm a retired army special forces sergeant uh, i got blown up in 2015 in afghanistan and lost both legs um 
I have, for the past couple of years, I've been teaching adaptive CrossFit at my house and it's been super therapeutic for me. It's almost a full circle where I help folks, but they help me make me accountable to them. I can't have day off days. I can't have days where I'm sitting there feeling sorry for myself because there's people um, counting on me. So it's been pretty amazing. And so spending a lot of time in the gym has allowed me to just become comfortable walking on this carbon fiber that I got. So then it's almost a natural transition to outside because in the army, I love being outside. We were always in the woods doing land navigation, walking with packs. It, it's just, it just flowed. So I got into archery. Um, I've been shooting for about a year now and I've gotten really into the nitty gritty details as far as just the arrow weights, the tuning, the draw length, arrow drop, chronoing speeds and everything. And um, when I got contacted by Black Rifle Coffee Company to come out here for this first adaptive shoot, I was all in. And, then that, and that's when I called Jonathan Lopez and I said, hey, man, let's go do this together. And then we were both talking and dialing in our bows. And then we saw that there were other events. I'm like, oh, let's sign up for the knock-on challenge. Didn't know anything. Didn't know we were getting into. Didn't know that snow basin is 9,000 feet and we're coming down to six. And so we did all of it. And here we are today, super smoked, but a lot of smiles <laughs> on our faces. Hey, so you're you're one amputee at the knee, one above. The one above, what's the batteries and stuff you're dialing in? So I got um, I got three three batteries. So I got a vacuum pump on my below the knee. I got a vacuum pump on my above the knee, and then I have a microprocessor hydraulic pneumatic Bluetooth activated knee. It's like top of the line military stuff. It's super expensive. So I have three chargers, and they can last me anywhere between three to five days on a charge. Um, God dang, that's yeah. awesome. It's, yeah, so military really takes care of us. They do. One of the things I know earlier we talked about how good this course was because it's this is as close as it's gonna get to real life training. Like our goal is to go outside and hunt. Yeah. And today we learned so much. So now that you were talking about equipment, that's why I wanted to jump in. Like no idea. Like his pumps keep coming on because of the altitude. Mm-hmm. So this is something that Oh, because the air pressure Oh, changes. damn, okay I'm glad God that dang. we found that out here Because imagine like you invest all this time To go into a hunt somewhere else And now you have legs just constantly going mm-hmm. So today we learned so much about From equipment to like how to Distribute weight, you know, like mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's equipment check So I've learned through this That my vacuum pumps don't like They've been programmed at about 3,000 feet So when I get up there they pump up and then they sense a leak and then they lose and then they pump up over and over and over. So it kills my battery charge. So what I've done is I just went out and bought a, a goal zero battery cell and a solar charger and I set it up at base camp whenever we're hunting. And then as soon as we get back for the day, I pop my legs off, sit in a chair and I just let them charge. Um, cause that's the only way to get through it. Cause it's, um, I don't have a generator or anything right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but the thing is, is it's worth it. Like today, the, the equipment prep, we call it a dress rehearsal. You know, where am I going to put my bow? Because I have to have walking sticks. So I need walking sticks. I need a bow. I need my binos. And then when am I going to pull out my walking sticks? How am I going to pull out my walking sticks? Gosh. Bow sling. And so this has been like two years worth of training in a single afternoon for us. But not just freaking. a solo event, but more of a team yeah, us for sure. event yeah. for sure. And just like in the military, we're all working as a team. And this definitely took notice of us helping each other yes we're probably different branches and all doing the same mission yeah helping each other percent man that's what was so awesome yesterday when we were all out there and 
some hardcore rain, whatever that is. When we were all out there yesterday, um, you could tell everybody knew they had similar issues at, at some capacity and in a lot of ways similar bis, uh, backgrounds but in different capacities. But by the time everybody was at the top of the mountain for lunch, it, that was a freaking pretty solid nucleus of people you know everybody realized like okay we're all individuals and but in the reality is it was tough yesterday even though we wanted to make it doable it was like even doable and having carl malone came in gave us side by sides for people that needed we had several several people in in chairs um you know we had to pick people up some you know you know we were putting people on our back and hiking them down there. And obviously we had like designated arrow pullers and stuff. So it was, we did our best to make it like doable, especially with time restraints of putting on this event, which we can talk about. But the reality is it was like a hundred percent a team activity. And you realize really quick, even though, yeah, this is just archery. It's actually not. When you get on the, when you get on a mountain and you do, you know, Total Archery Challenge is a freaking great name. Like that is a great name for this event. Yes. Because it really is. It's I love the fact that it's now too because I actually have a tag for two ridges over that way for August 15th or 16th or whenever the date opens. So me freaking getting up that and down and dealing with that, it could not be better prep. Like there's no, there's no way to, unless there was like hair and blood in these targets, mm-hmm. there wouldn't be any better prep I could do, you know? And I feel like getting everyone up here for that, they realize, okay, there's a lot of people talking about archery right now, which is cool. And a lot of people, talk about archery but leave the bow hunting aspect out just because you know they're trying to simplify what they like and not complicate it by getting into people that don't like hunting or do but the reality is that i've seen not necessarily folks in like your conditions exactly but people that are just from the military had a team training team aspect loved failure wanted a mission didn't have it likes cool freaking gadgets you know honestly even if it's not a freaking cool gun that or a javelin which none of us can shoot you guys probably all have but learning to make something or have something cool to where like you said you can do this on an elk hunt or whatever and it's attainable i just think that's like in our you know in the dna of everyone that's here that is dorked out by how cool this is right now Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And and uh, next month I have a a bull elk archery tag in September up in Idaho, <laughs> my first time ever. And this is amazing for me to see this stuff and everything that you're talking about. And then in, up to including you know for tag out. Then there's a whole process of you know preparing the animal, butchering everything, bringing it home to my family, and then just feeling like hey, I have prosthetics, but it doesn't matter. I was still able to accomplish something and help provide for my family. It's, mm-hmm circle so the archery is like this epicenter of like all kinds of therapeutic events including this including hunting including being around other folks that have been in the military the brotherhood that you kind of lose yeah when you get out yeah like it's it's the center of it all for me so have you 
have you killed anything with a like with a gun for hunting? I have. Yeah, I've never. With you too. All three of you yes. guys have gun hunted. Yep. Yes, sir. And um, how do you feel like that's going to change now that like just based on like you guys said visually you were you'd shoot a shot you'd get to the target and then you'd think okay I I got to this target which was hard like you're cut up on the face you wiped out a bunch of times today I feel yes, terrible um, and <laughs> I I do I do but like. Once you got there, you realize, like, okay, this is a little bit different with archery. So how do you think that's going to play into, like, the reward of... So for the reward, I went hunting with a rifle. Um, this was in the Carolinas. I believe my shot was at 274 yards. And that was it. I pulled the trigger. And I remember after that, or even looking at it right now, I'm like, why do you guys make me wear camo? I'm 274 <laughs> yards away from this animal. <laughs> I think I told you earlier when I got my bow was uh, around Christmas time. And in North Carolina, the, the season ends on the 31st. So I was like, great, I have six days. Let me go get a kill. <laughs> Everyone laughs when I tell them that because it's so ludicrous. There is so much that takes into Archery, archery versus you going and buying a gun, yeah. throwing a scope on it, yes, sir. floor sighting it, and you could pretty much go out and be done, yes, right? Yes, sir, and you have to earn it. Like, there is there is being such a great journey getting here, and there is so much stuff that we can relate to in the military. Like, right now, I'm back into the mindset of uh, sit somewhere and start drawing a range card. You know, like, yeah. automatically, I know that rock is 60. I know this is this distance. That, so I is that what you call it, a range card? Yes, sir. Yeah, because yeah. I talk about that all the time in a tree stand, but I just I just say it's like get some predetermined landmarks, like distance sets, to where if something happens fast enough, you're able to, to just draw back and be able to make a shot on the fly versus having to have the extra movement of ranging it. I would love to show you after the show what we do. So in the military, we set up a range car, and we have a left and right limit, you know, because that is a safe zone. That's where you guys are. Yeah. Um, along the way, like, you know, we race have objectives. So if I tell him there is something bumping up in Charlie, like he already knows he has to go to 400 meters or 600 meters and look. Okay. So it's a it's communication, it's teamwork. And that's something that we achieved today on the course. Uh, like you said, dress rehearsals, testing equipment, knowing your boundaries. Uh, once again, I accepted the challenge of knock on because I wasn't going to say no. Uh, it was hard. Since I'm pulling with a mouth tap, my draw is only 27 inches. Yeah, yeah. So trying to reach, I'm shooting right now 105, 106 yards, <laughs> and trying to reach that distance wasn't easy. Uh, I have a bow that was also, as I say, it was a gift, and it tops out at 60 pounds. So, like, we've been twisting cables. We've been trying to figure out the mechanics of it until I can get it to 73 pounds. Then the sight got on my way. Like, it's just been learned. Yeah. Every time oh, I learn yeah. something... I reach that limit. Eventually, I will reach my limit, and that's okay. That's now I know where is my range. Now I know ethically I will not take a shot past this. Yeah. You know, like today, as I say, all those opportunities were given to us. What was awesome is um, most I doubt I doubt anybody that was up there, other than maybe Evan. Yesterday, I doubt any of them knew that I had to shoot with the mouth tab when I had my I left shoulder surgery. But since I shot with the mouth tab, when you told me you're like, I'm trying to get 70 and you're close, I was just like, damn, okay. Because my teeth were feeling it 
from I I shot my Grizz right at 56 pounds is what I shot my Grizz with. I'm looking for more poundage right now. I just got to upgrade. <laughs> Get after it's it. It's crazy. Get after it. But what I loved, honestly, what I loved about the fact that I had shoulder surgery, because at first I was super bummed about it. But once I had to learn something, like it was, I probably wouldn't have been as excited if, I would have been able to use my normal arm, but since I had to switch to left-handed and have to use an arm to aim with that I've never aimed with, it wasn't steady. It was like all over the place. Plus I had to close my right eye really tight and use my left eye. I love the fact that it, I honestly love the fact that I had to learn it from scratch. Like that's what made me, cause I'm like, okay, on on most things I do, I'm this level. Even if I'm not a level 10, I at least want to be like seven and a half or eight. Otherwise, I'm going to keep doing it when everyone else is sleeping. But having to learn something and know that you're really not as good as you want to be at it, it just like irked me. And for the three of you guys, just from our conversations, it seems like that's 100% your guys' drive too. It's just realizing like oh okay this could get this could get real difficult right yeah so i mean that's as an amputee and or an adaptive athlete that is a daily or uh whenever we come across a new skill and like today yeah we have to adapt and overcome yeah and it was all about foot placement where am i going to step how am i going to stand all day yeah that was like that and but that's just a an instinct now as we move along life for Did us. Did both of you guys have poles today? I, <laughs> the gods from somewhere graciously had a ski pole laying after the first target <laughs> in the ground, and I picked it up, and I used it all Dude, day. It was a kid. Yeah, it was a kid. It was that, a kid. Hey, don't that judge. It was I used it, <laughs> yes. and it was the best that, thing to that happen. That parent out there that's screaming at their kid that <laughs> skied snow base and lost their freaking pole. Thank you, kid. There's yes. a plan, and everything happens for a reason. And, and it damn it, he needed it today. Mm-hmm. So um, yesterday when we did the, the big group event, it was it was super awesome. Like, just the yeah. energy of everybody was great. But um, I you were, in, you were on the group that I started with, so I focused, just to kind of go back, I focused on telling you guys a few things that I knew for sure would definitely have a big impact in accuracy on the mountain. Yeah. Um, did you share that with these guys today at all? Did you see them fighting any they of those things? They were more experienced than me, and I was just – actually, I was learning off of them. Okay, awesome. And I was just taking every bit of information and just soaking it in and utilizing it at what I could. Even when we ran across other groups that were passing us, you know, a little bit of information goes a long way. Yeah. But, yeah, so I was actually still learning off of them being two days using a bow. So Awesome. Oh, I keep forgetting because you shot well enough to where I, like, I forget you just learned on Tuesday, dude. So when we went out <laughs> yesterday, I shot extremely well. I missed two targets, our special shot, and then I shot later on. But I hit everything, and then today I would say about 50-50. So, well, today was slightly longer yes. and guessing. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was doing. Yeah. You had pins only to 60, and so you're just guessing. Maybe. And there were some shots I was I was yeah. hitting. 
just guess. Like when you're sighting in on day one, I mean, if you if you taught a guy how to shoot a sniper rifle yesterday and then said like, you brought all your dopes, right? <laughs> in the back of your mind, you're thinking these aren't definitely right. <laughs> like I, when people said, "Oh, I'm good to 60," I was like looking at their pins, and pins are just ballistics, so. Your bottom pin shouldn't be tighter than some of your top ones. Mm-hmm. Like mathematically in physics, that just doesn't work. So when I'm like, are you sure this is good? Yeah, that's good. I was like, okay, we'll go with it. But, yeah, I mean, the fact that you're a day and a half in and you shot the knock-on course, you kind of need to mic drop and just freaking take that kid's ski pole and Right. Get out uh, of here. It's in the car right now. <laughs> like, that is mantelpiece. Yes. Right there. That helps. You should have your bros sign that, dude. Right. That needs to be like a thing. Like get one of your detonated arrows and that tape it to that. I've explored so pole. many arrows today. <laughs> oh yeah. Especially the last one. It tore up. Which tart what one was that? Uh the very last one was the it was I ranged it at eighty one yards and it was the the deer. Yeah, the yeah. buck at the very bottom. Yep. Dang. What was your favorite shot? The the first one was the favorite one, I believe, because that was just cliffside shooting down at it. I by far that was my favorite one. What about you? Um the goat the goat I actually moved back a little bit because sometimes and I think I heard you saying that too, like sometimes where the position is, you know, like it's better just to pull back to where you're comfortable. And yeah. I think I got a ninety eight. 98-yard shot? Yes, sir. Yeah, sometimes I did that last week. I told you guys I had to back up to actually have a little bit less obstruction high, like above my cast. And that's one of the things you learn here is you really start to learn the ballistics of your bow and whether or not you can thread it through a, a gap that you see or whether you might have to squat down and, like, get it through that gap. Um now you were talking about your footing and like some of the things that you had to do to adjust for that. Yeah, so on my left leg, it's a below the knee, so I have control of my own knee a little bit, and then on the right leg, it's all controlled by a microprocessor electronics. So when I'm in a position where I'm on the side of a hill with a steep slope and it, my right side is high and my left side is low, that's just that's a no that's a no go for me because I can't control the bend on my right side. So what I have to do is I got to sit down, and so I've and I got a lot of practice today sitting down because at home I've shot a bunch, but it's it's outside, but it's flat, and shooting on the side of a slope and then shooting down or shooting up is a whole new thing for me. So I've had to practice leveling from a seating seating position and get comfortable like with a pack on, like against a bush or something, and being able to go to full draw at the same time. Like it's the training has been the value has been awesome out of this thing. And it really taught me like my limits. And I, Jonathan mentioned something about knowing your boundaries because as much as I'm a super stubborn dude and I want to do everything myself and I'm going to stand, but it doesn't make sense. I need to sit down sometimes <laughs> and get more stable. Yeah. But let's um, face it. We're all pretty stubborn yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. But I, sometimes you, someone needs to be like, Hey dude, you need to take it easy. Yeah. You know? I love that this course was, um, I want to say like real life training that it wasn't designed for adaptive athletes because you know what in reality the world doesn't adapt to you you have to adapt to the world yeah and oh. today and like what we learn about equipment what we learn about our boundaries and 
He said he's a very stubborn guy through that. Like what we learned about <laughs> counting on each other. You know, yeah. Because uh one point it was just like, you know what, brother? Let me please let me hold your your bow. <laughs> so I have actually two bows on the back of my pack as I'm going down. And like for me, it meant the world. Like he was like, Thank you. I'm like, no, brother, I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't because of you. I wouldn't yeah. be here. Like I was shooting this in the backyard and then all of a sudden you go let's go to 100 yards and i'm like how are we gonna get there like, <laughs> it's right now i, I would yeah. I see 100 yard shots and i'm like i can't believe i'm putting and it's such a sense of pride and you you can wait for that second and i know hear that feedback coming back and you're like yes jocko said that too the very first time he shot he just said man that's just he's like that's gonna be so relaxing for me when when that trigger goes off, he goes, I'm used to, like, way bigger cracks. Mm. And this, it's more of, like, a subtle sound, mm -hmm. but confirmation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost like with a gun, it's almost like you hear, like, the recoil, and then you see the the plate moving, and then you hear, like, ting. <laughs> right. Here, it's like, and you just have this time where you're like, is it, is it, is it? Mm -hmm. Thwap. Ding, and you're like, yes, yes, foams, my friend. Yeah, I told Jocko, he was saying, man, I think on the second to the last day, it was the day before we podcasted, he goes, man, I just have way more confidence this time. And I'm like, well, you do, except for the time between when that release breaks and when you haven't heard the arrow hit yet. Because in his face, like when he shoots, I can see like, it's almost like that horse, like a horse that has that like crazy eye where you know you don't want to trust it. And sometimes cats do that too. They like look at you with that look like I, I'm uncertain whether I should attack you or like let you pet me right now. As soon as Jocko's shot would break, you could see him be like, am I going to look like an idiot right now <laughs> or is this thing going to land? And then as soon as it lands, it's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, does that feel good. Oh, yeah. I had many moments where I was, like, <laughs> on the course. I had some shots. I was like, I don't know. And then I wait for it, and it hits, and it just, yes. <laughs> I have, had a couple of those moments, and yeah. that's just reassuring. The thing about it, except for you, because you're crazy. You just grab a bow yesterday, and today you're here with pins that don't even match. It's like once, <laughs> yes. <laughs> once you believe in your equipment, Adaptive once you have overcome. work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> When you have work on it, and there is a saying, uh, you probably know more about archery quotes, but there is a saying that, like, you know, like, when the arrow doesn't land where it's supposed to, don't look at the bow, look, looking within, you know? Mm -hmm. So before, both of us, we've been training for a long time to get here, so I know my bow, I know the capabilities. So at the beginning, as I say, like, he had a rough start, and he even said it halfway through it. He's like, now i got to find the center. Now i got to, because, you know, like, entering this course, it was mm -hmm. challenging, and I got to get out of this mindset. And he did. And like, after that, like as I said, it was, uh, what's you call it? Laser sticks. He was throwing. Oh, yeah, those, we were shooting some laser sticks. Yeah. Was shooting, shooting those laser sticks. It's like 80, 85, 90. You know, like it's, you have to look in within. You have to calm down. And that's the great thing about archery at any level. Hunting, 3D, in the indoors, whatever it is, you have to like be able to relax. You can't think about anything else and do archery. Relax, but also 
have fun. And yeah. I think we had a blast mm-hmm. today. Absolutely. Even in, I could even, see it on your guys' face. Even though soon we're, as I we're saw like you glowing, guys. like, because you're still laughing about it, uh, mm-hmm. how much it sucked. You were trying to tell me, and I'm just like, wait. Because I could tell by all three of your faces, I'm like, I'm going to get my podcast deck. Because <laughs> you guys are pumped. I want to hear the story. And I actually want to be able to, like, listen back and remember it. That's freaking, yeah, that's freaking awesome. We were taking pictures and videos, oh, and there's yeah. people who are like, you need to send those pictures to us. We want to talk about this. Yeah, well, You guys 100%. are nuts for doing that. Well. So, so for me, th- I would never personally bow hunt on this mountain or this terrain. And as much as I'm stubborn and I want to do it, like, yeah, I can do this. It it doesn't make sense unless I have some Sherpas with me to help me out. Right. But You do. But what's going to happen yeah. is I'm going to go back to free, to southern Arizona, and I'm going to do hunts out there where there's a lot of flat area when I know it. And this increased my confidence and capabilities like tenfold because right. I'm well, not hiking up and down these massive hills. It's just such a, like, the the saying, you know, train hard hunt easy like that's a great saying i love that because everything about like even crossfit like for me fitness it makes archery easier for me Mm -hmm. practicing doing these tack events it's gonna make my hunts easier like i don't i don't want an easy hunt but i also i don't want to struggle to the point where i'm not being efficient at it like you have to you know, we actually, Jocko brought this up several times. He's like, dude, this is like when we designed trade this is what we designed for, for the training to be so hard that no enemy was like, no enemy could be harder because, you know, we, we were always training outnumbered. We were making it harder than we would ever want it. And I think he said like, you know, I want an uneven fight. Like, that's what we wanted. We want, you know, I'm not going to go into a thing that's a coin toss between who's going to win. But he's like, we would train our guys to where it was a, it was going to be tougher fighting anyone else than it was fighting ourselves. And in a way, like with this, this type of hunting, most of these shots aren't ethical. Like, they're not ethical shots, but. If you're dropping a bomb at 90 yards at a deer on a 30-degree slope with crappy footing and a vicious downwind, do you know how easy a 30-yard freaking shot in the desert's going to look? Right. You're just going to be like, <laughs> you're going to feel like I asked you to shoot that refrigerator over there. You know, hey, just shoot that refrigerator and you're good. Right. I think we told you, like, today was equivalent of months, if not years, of training just in a single yeah. day. And back to the Jackals, that's what they say. Like, if you ever find yourself in a fair fight, you didn't train enough. Yeah. It's not supposed to be fair. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. He said the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. What, um, so, a couple of things that I taught you guys yesterday, and I talked about this before we got cut off in the last podcast, but... One of the things I talked about was footing. Absolutely critical. Uh, people who are learning archery for the first time, they really neglect looking down at their feet, and it's such an important, like, basic foundation. You know, if you look at a, a golfer or a baseball player, a baseball player doesn't step into the batter's box and not, like, di- you know, dig in, right? 
even a golfer, a lot of times the golfer, when they're going through their whole waggle and everything on a tee box, they're just making sure how they're addressing the target is correct, right? Right. Um, here, especially for you guys, and especially for you, the way your, you know, your legs work in with that processor, if your footing isn't right, it's going to be detrimental to the shot, right? Yeah, For I mean, one of the things that I've noticed is my footing has a huge impact on my stability because off the bat, my stability is just super rough yeah. because I'm kind of, I'm, I have a natural wobble just because, you know, it's basically like standing on stilts. So what I've had to learn is I took what you said about opening up your stance a little bit, but I actually have to take my, my left front leg and I have to turn it outwards more so that I have more forward stability and it's actually helped my shot a lot. Yeah. And, and what we were saying before the, the podcast cut out is that, I got to look at the terrain around me, and if I see something that's not right, what I do is I get a rock, and I put a rock under my foot, or I put a stick under my foot as a counterbalance. Like, if I'm standing downhill, because I can't control my ankles, there's no ankle flexion. So if I put a rock or a stick underneath my foot, it stabilizes me. And so it's the the stance actually affects my shot more than anything else. So yeah. Far, especially out here. How would you describe like your sight picture? If like, if you visualize a clock, right. And where the clock hands pivot in the dead center. And that's like where you're trying to hold on a target. How would you, how would you like describe your Like what your pin does just based on your stance and your stability. How would you describe it? If I'm on a flat surface, it's typically going to be a pretty big figure eight, a big figure eight, and um, because like on one of these deer, are you talking from the bottom of the foam to the top of the foam? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what I ha- and so what I have to do, so I'm at, I'm at this weird situation where I'm trying to use a good stabilizer with weight on the front, but the problem is, is the more weight on the front, it puts more weight on the, yeah, my yeah. left foot, and then it makes me want to flex more. So I'm constantly fighting this down thing because my leg my leg has a hard time stabilizing. So what I've done is I've had to reduce the amount of weight on my front stabilizer, and try to get as straight of a position on my foot as I can. But but what happens is it tightens up, and I have to tighten up my back even more. Um, That's part of the problem of when you load too much front weight, you end up having to pack your front shoulder back against your spine versus allowing it to be down and forward, which it needs to be in archery. So, yeah, that's that's a pretty big double-edged sword. How did – I mean, if if you are talking about this figure eight and you're still just trusting that because you have to, yeah. like you don't have a choice. You just know that's part of – that's part of your package, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at that total size of the figure eight, which is top of the kill to the bottom of the kill, are you still hitting in the middle with archery way more than what you would ever think that you would? Oh, yeah. I mean, I could show you some pictures of some of the longer shots, but it. I think trusting my equipment and just watching all the videos that you put out about stance and everything about tuning your bow perfectly – um, that has really helped me out, to, especially to trust my equipment. And then um, working out in the gym. So all the work I put into the gym and doing CrossFit, picking up a bunch of weight, you know, over 100 pounds or whatever, throwing it up overhead while standing. So all the workouts that I, I do at home are all standing. And so I look at what am I get, what am I going to do on a hunt in the field? So I got walking sticks. So I got to work on dips and shoulder strength. I got to work on back and shoulder strength for the bow. I got to work on my hips for the walking. So I do tire flips. I do sled pushes. And 
so one of the biggest things I like to do is an overhead press with dumbbells or a barbell while standing because it's like this crazy multitasking thing in my brain because it's not just standing and pushing overhead. I'm standing while my lower body is Stability. waving back and forth, left and right. Yeah. And so my brain has been rewired to be able to to f- f- accomplish that task while moving. And so it, I think I think just training over and over and over again. I mean, if I can throw that a weight overhead while I'm moving at the same time and still feel comfortable with it, yeah. And I'm standing with the bow and I'm comfortable with a little bit of movement. Yeah. What do you do much for like certain types of core training or anything for stability too? I know you mountain bike a lot. I mountain bike a lot. I don't really do much core training. I I'll occasionally just practice on my own and balance on my actual prosthetic and do it for maybe like seven to twenty seconds on what and just try to see how far I can go. And it's sore, but I need to especially going on hiking, hunting, whatever it may be different changes in the terrain um i need to rely on that like if i need to go onto a rock i need to put that foot there make sure i got a good footing because now all my weight is going to go onto it so that i can get the the next leg onto the next rock that's like a foot over so i put a lot of trust and faith and because you can't feel it so you just have to like do you put weight on it and test it to see if oh, it's yeah. tons? Almost like, I mean, I guess for a person, I would assume it'd be like me trying to walk with like arm sticks or something. I'm kind of like, I have to like do my best to poke it there and make sure yep. it's like stable before Same. I like swing everything. Even with I can. the trekking sticks, you know, you get that pole into the ground. Okay, I got stability and whatnot. Let's, I got trust into that so I can descend down. So putting faith in the trekking poles and into the feet and whatnot. You got to trust your equipment. Yep. So, I mean, if you walk on that prosthetic foot for long enough, your brain gets rewired right. to be able to trust and have this, like this sense of where your leg is in space. And it translates to everything else. Like for instance, on my truck, I don't have any hand controls on my truck. So I drive with my legs, but on my right side, which you typically use for the gas and the gas and brake, I can't control it, so I actually cross over with my left leg and drive normal gas and brake, and I've been able to do it safely. Right. And it's just a matter of just being comfortable. Is it easier with than doing the handheld ones for you? Yeah, like coordination. I, I had them in my truck once, and uh, they're on the right side, and you know it was like a boat throttle and brake. Yeah. And they actually got caught on my leg when I tried to brake, and oh. I was got in an accident once, and I was like, that was it, and I tore them out, and I was like, I'm gonna teach myself how to drive normally. Wow. I felt like it was unsafe for mm-hmm. me. One of the things for me, um, and going into probably your truck and everything, like for instance, I told him, hey, dude, I'm going to drive today. Like, once up, you use the word ad- adaptive athlete earlier, right? So, yeah. like, we're supposed to adapt. It's not the world adapting to us. Yeah. Um, I don't like much of an equipment. I use a mouth tap right now because it's the easiest thing. If I say I'm a... If I can call myself a bow hunter, what does that mean? Do I need to have a special bow, or can I grab a bow, tie a string to it, and engage into something? Yeah. I think um, the simpler is better. Yeah. Oh, always. Mm-hmm. I mean, always. Seems like that's never... Uh, seems like anytime you just keep it simple, it's easier to repeat it. You know? Right. It doesn't matter the subject. It just seems like if there's a task, the simpler you keep it, the more more likely you are to be able to do it again 
Yesterday we had um, up on the mountain, they gave away a Noveski rifle for whoever could come closest to that dot. And what was it, 68 yards across the canyon? Pretty awesome cross slope, a little bit of a down. Don't forget the wind. That canyon wind was brutal. Was it? Yeah, it was a downdraft, wasn't it? Yep. It was like sucking down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, what was the name of the guy that won? Jonathan Link. Do you guys all know him? No. Or do you just I, know I've him I've only from met yesterday? him from yesterday. this it's event that awesome. doing. Oh, yeah. Pretty awesome. Yep. Yeah. That was, a, that was an amazing shot. <laughs> Made an amazing shot from a wheelchair. Right. That was freaking sweet. And this event, I mean, none of us really knew each other coming into this at all and now how did I've the made word get out I, I don't even know like how black rifle like picked the first that annual i don't know selection. because i you know? all i remember was one of the black rifle guys tier um gave me a call it was like hey i heard you're an adaptive athlete yada 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 would you like to come do this uh yeah <laughs> i would love to try something new yeah definitely no, yeah so. no kidding so I heard absolutely um, Evan because of you like has gotten really into archery. So just like us right now, we can identify and we're trying to grow and bring more guys into this sport. He wants to do the same. So he thought about bringing five guys this year, and these five guys turn into ten. You know? Yeah. Because uh, for instance, uh, he was invited. He knows Tier as well, and he's like, no, let me talk to my friend. You know, like he wants to come as well, and this is how he was born. Like yeah, just from. Your experience with Evan, yeah, like how much fun he has been having. He's like, you know what? We can identify, like we told you earlier about range cars and fitness, and these are things that we relate to. Like we're mission oriented. Like we train for the fight. So if the fight is hunting, like what is it gonna require? It's gonna require right now hikes. You know, so now you know in my time off, if I'm not shooting, I'm gonna go hiking yep. because I know I'm gonna need to build those muscles. Like I, I didn't want to be a soft one, but like for me, training became right now. Like I'm doing. I'm stretching, I'm doing yoga because everybody asks me about my teeth. Biting is easy. It's yeah. holding that neck position when I'm fighting yeah. 73 pounds. Yeah. Um, Black Rifle Coffee identified this need. And I want to say like the past three days have been an amazing experience. Yes. I've actually met this guy outside of the hotel. As I arrived, one of the first ones, and we're talking about it. He was like, yeah, I shot a bow when I was eight. <laughs> that was the last time right I'm like, all right let's go and here, and my first time are. shooting well my actually my first time shooting was in a backyard drinking beers and it was a buddy's bow and he's like hey let's go shoot at the target i've never shot a bow so i had the string slap and everything oh yeah of course <laughs> here you and are. and now here i am because i haven't shot a bow since yeah. so that's freaking sweet you know what's crazy is when i look back like the the longer we're talking i'm kind of remembering last year Evan came to, I'm trying to think though, if the first tack, the first tack was here in Salt Lake. So Evan came and we went out on the range and then we shot and then the light bulb went out and then Matt Best came out and then Evan and I and uh, Tosh and you guys know Brian Chantosh, any of you guys? Um, So uh, Brian Chantosh and Matt Best, we did like, this fun little shoot just to raise money for trying to think who all we boot campaign in St. Jude's. Like, I think that's the two teams we had picked, but, uh, Evan just said like, 
I mean, he just kept going out and going out. And I said, man, haven't you had your fill? And he's like, dude, this is so freaking sweet. And he's like, you're going up to Big Sky next week? And I go, yeah. And he's like, we're coming. And so they went up there. And then we ended up sitting down in the camper. And he's like, dude, this will change people's lives. He's like, do you think we can – do you think we can teach people archery quick enough to be able to get them up here to enjoy it? And I'm like, we can. I mean, but the realistic thing is we need to set a course for people who have shot archery a few days, not like a course for people who have shot it for a long time because there is a difference, you know. And he's just like, oh, that's awesome. And then we called Sean in, and I said, hey, what what would it take for us to be able to have – the range set a day early to where we can bring in adapted athletes or military guys that are just trying to look for something that can bridge a gap they need. And honestly, um, he's just like, we'll do whatever we have to. I mean, we'll do whatever we have to do to do that. And that was kind of how it was born. And did you see, um, so, I'm not sure if it was the guy that won the contest. It might have been, but it was for sure one of the wheelchair guys. But do you know um, Patrick, who's actually works here at the Total Arch Challenge? He's driving that side by side with the deer rack on the front. Yeah, have you he, met him? Yes. He picked us up at the end of. Uh, okay, so did he tell on. you any of his story? No. no. So, dude, he like when he came down for the national anthem yesterday, and I seen him like. I've never seen him like emotional, but I could tell he was legitimately emotional when the anthem was done. So like dude one in the wheelchair in the front. That was, was he was with me. That was Gary. So Patrick was there when he got his legs blown off. Patrick, he said he was his he was his uh he was his I think Patrick might have been his recon guy. Oh, so that's Jonathan. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. So he kind of said, like, dude, I had no freaking idea. And they, he, he's literally, like, the fact that he's coming here to shoot this range we built, he had no idea. And he's like, I was – I looked at him. I'm like, they both looked at each other like they hadn't seen each other for, forever, right? And then I just thought to myself, this is, like, this stuff has to happen, you know, people people who complain about us not doing enough for people that mentally need, you know, needs something post-deployment, whatever. It's like, for whatever reason, I'm several dozen people in that are very close friends of mine where I've seen archery change their lives. Like, not a little bit, 100%. It was like, for whatever reason, at that moment, this was the perfect, like, gap filler. It just bridged something to where they're like, I'm totally down with this. Whether it's loading your gear for the first time, going somewhere to meet a bunch of your old homies, going to a mountain, the mountain defeats you, you work on a plan to where we're going to do this again tomorrow, and we're not going to be like we were today, we're going to be better. You know, it's just all that stuff. It just seems like there's just so many different, like, ingredients to this crazy concoction that just works for all of you guys. And it's 
for me, it's so rewarding. Like everything about what I'm doing right now is, is for initiatives like what we did yesterday. And right? I, th- I think the getting, getting them out, any, any veteran out, getting them outside, trying something new, challenging themselves. They're not thinking about what's, what's going on about their personal life. They're thinking about the now and just being outside. And I've seen so many people, no matter what activity it is, being outside does change them. Yeah. It really does. Yep. Very thankful for everything that you guys have done. And um, I'm going to speak for us and including you as well, man. Uh, we're taking an initiative because this is not going to end this week. Uh, I want to continue to reach out to all the guys that receive the bows and see how we can get together, how we can continue to train, share some of the experiences. And um, even though I don't want to call it hunting because even though not everyone might go hunting, you know, this is something that they can do recreational. But uh, that I can tell you personally, we have been talking about this right now for weeks, if not months. We are going to help other people reach their goals, um, mm-hmm. get to a mountain or like if we have to like put them on a blind or whatever it is and see through the training like everyone right here there's no entitlement because mm-hmm. you serve you know, like i think i actually like said it yesterday like you know like serving is going to give you a 10 percent discount down here like to get to the top of the mountain and do that you have to earn it you have to i put saw it that that was so. great do you yeah. remember that word for word i think something like that like i put like 10 percent like do you, your dd214 gives you yeah. 10 this uh 10 discount on top of the mountain you have to earn it you know like there is no, well, I served. That's in the past. Like whatever you did is in the past, and that shouldn't define who you are today. Yeah. You want to be up there. You want to be hitting that. You have to be able to put in the work. You have to wake up. Everything that you heard here, the fitness level, the training, like the this guy has been my guy through understanding the bow and kinetics and everything. So you have to earn it. There is no just point over here and pull the trigger. Yeah. It's a lot of work behind it, and um. 2020, I can tell you everyone will say 200 negative things about it. I mean, personally, at the beginning, I couldn't skydive anymore because everything is closed. Yep. Find something. Like, I, I feel proud of myself. I feel f- proud that I have become, in the past seven months, someone that was shooting 10 yards, and right now I'm shooting 100. <laughs> we have the I'm extra- proud of that. Yeah. Uh, yes, everybody sir. sitting here is right. proud of it, we, we if not disbelief. No, we had the chance. Like, you know, like we had the t- downtime learn a skill like this is i I think this is so important Mm -hmm. it's like the ability to actually provide food for your family yeah like there's yeah that's a whole different like subject matter really just that element of it you know people people look at me for cooking a lot of times and i don't really have a passion to cook what i love doing is like to me that's like putting the cherry on top of a of a really good looking dessert you know i made it like a buffet or something it's like if i if i practice during the winter when most people aren't doing much practice during the winter then i prep some for attack and then i commit to coming to these tacks building these ranges shooting out here just so that when i go hunting i can make a good shot get that animal out and then from there, making that meal, if I don't do it good, it doesn't do justice to ever, to the other nine months of my life. Like, right. 
you know, I have to do that. And honestly, like, like you said, um, and I was telling this to Mark Carter, who's here. Mark's family has a, a big, uh, they do a lot of cattle, a lot of like free range butchering and stuff, really cool program. And I told him, I said, I've never been so proud of the way my freezer looks than right now. Cause it's like bare. I mean, I've like eaten every freaking thing I shot last year down to the bottom of that freezer. And just knowing that it's like, I, I just don't feel like I've left anything on the table, you know, left anything on the table as when it, you know, in regards to, you know, just not missing an opportunity to just really follow through with something. Cause I mean, when you cook a good meal, give it to your friends or your family, that's you completely following through to yourself of why you did everything for the last seven months, what we did today or what you guys did today. Um, and then obviously a month from now or two months from now, if you have success as a hunter and, get that thing on the table it's like that is the circle like that's where the circle stops and then any of us sitting here are gonna pick up the pen and move over to a blank piece and we're gonna start to make that circle again or figure eight yeah (laughs) (laughs) i i mean Military folks are huge in goals and i'm huge i set goals i write them down long you know short-term goals and what has really drawn me to hunting besides the fact that it's not instant gratification is that this goal I can't achieve right now. This goal I have to wait every single year till the fall, until the winter, and then it resets. Like you said, that, yep. that circle resets, and then it's like, oh, my God, i got to wait eight months until I can get out there and do this again. And it's just this pursuit of perfection and getting better, but you only have these small opportunities like once or twice a year. Yeah. And short amount of opportunities yeah. too. So you feel kind of rushed when that moment comes. <gasps> oh, I need to get this. Or I feel like... And with a, hunting, it, it's it's like a blink. Yeah. Because it's like all that, all that, all that, and all of a sudden that bull or that buck like steps into range, stops, looks at you, or looks away you grab a range and draw back and then right when that arrow goes it's like that's it like that's it every you know 8 months for 3 seconds so those 3 seconds how do you see the see those 3 seconds by what we did today 100% I, yeah i want to like i want to create the hardest environment possible for training so when we have those three seconds, there is not a doubt in my mind. I have taken this shot 20 times, you know, at a 12 degree down incline or everything that was presented today. Like we saw so many, uh, I've seen targets before, they mm-hmm. usually standing up. So I never saw one bedding and between two trees. And I'm like, in reality, like it was about one o'clock in the afternoon. He told me like, where do you think you're going to find them? They're bedding, they're away yep. from the sun. Yeah. So... Yep, they they sit yeah. in the shadow. Yeah, right. they lay down in the shadows. Why can't you tell this animal? Ah, don't like that profile. I need you to move forty five degrees so I can get a perfect picture. It's or what about happen. the antelope that was facing away from us? That was <laughs> yep. an upshot, mm-hmm. and I hit it in the back of the skull. You hit it below the base of the neck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yep, foam's your friend. Yep, yep. Last week I had um, a group of guys that came off the knock on range, and it was day one of the shoot. And they came off, and they go, 
I said, what range do you shoot? And they go, knock on. And I go, awesome. That's freaking sweet. And I'm like, what do you shoot tomorrow? And then they, you know, I, whatever range it was, I knew it was like way easier. And, I, and I'm like, dang, you might end up wishing you would have shot the other way around. And they, and they go, oh, really? And then the next day they came up to me and they're like, you're right. They go, after shooting your range and then that range, it didn't feel like it was a challenge, which in a hunting situation is perfect. Right. But in a training situation, it's almost like if you train hard and then you have a day where it's almost too easy, you'd feel like all you're doing is going through the motions. And if you're competitive, like – I don't like a workout where I don't feel sore the next day or I don't feel like I actually worked out hard enough. I almost feel like you you almost like wait you almost made more of a waste of it because mentally I know I didn't like do as much as I could. And here on some of these ranges shooting the tough ones and then going to the easy ones it's almost like you want that training to just get harder and harder and harder and harder like you said but it doesn't always happen that way. But in a hunting situation, if you can go from doing this stuff and then you guys go out and you, you know, say you go out for a coos deer, you make that shot. It's like, okay, well, everything we did was a hundred percent so that this would happen this way. And then that it's, is my it's, goal. That is, I, I wrote that out and I said, I am going to be a double amputee that shoots a coos deer with a we bow. We were talking That's about my that. That's goal right now. That's awesome. Yeah. And today the course um, I didn't know how the course wor really works, but we chose this one for a reason. Like uh, in the civilians, I'm not surprised. Yeah, civilians <laughs> usually talk about things like obstacle course races. We actually call it confidence build building courses. Today, I'm not trying to ascend into a harder course. Like we just face the hardest one, and we come out of here. There's no doubt. Like whatever else we're gonna bring, we're gonna achieve it. Like yep. today was about. Honestly, like I told you about getting our ass kicked and growing from it, and that that the course did it. The fact that there is no one else taking score is about you. It's about you learning, and not about a medal or a process at a finish line. You yeah. finish, and it was us as you saw me like bleeding, and we're like <laughs> destroyed, and we finished together as a team. Like even though we took. A long time taking our time because of what we're dealt with. Wait, seven hours. We seven hours. We didn't break the record. Do we have to do it again? <laughs> but the, <laughs> the I think the coolest factor was like we would let these groups go ahead of us. Like, hey, go ahead, go ahead, and we're taking a break, or you know, you guys can shoot, and then we'll shoot whatever. But just the fact when they stop and look, and they're like, they were just in awe that we were going down this mountain with no doubt as amputees, and you know, just adapting to yeah. what this mountain is going to throw at us. Yeah, but yeah. In any other sport, people want to pass. People want to go faster. Right here, every single person that we made on the course has something to say about how we can improve, how can we do better, what uh, what are you shooting? And it's like, let's all grow together. You know, like yeah. along the journey, yeah. like there was no competition to be first place over here. Yeah, like not was, with us. This was more I love this. En enjoying the moment, having fun, <laughs> learning from each other, learning from others. No competition whatsoever. We're competing with our yeah. own self, our own body. Mm -hmm. so. I'm so tired of people like saying, why aren't you competing anymore? There's... There's, there's like a place for competition archery and, you know, granted... 
I don't think I'd have the platform I have now to talk if I didn't compete at a certain phase of my life because it did earn credibility. However, like trophies and medals tarnish the smiles that come off this face are freaking, they only get shinier. Like they're freaking shiny and it's a hundred percent more rewarding to see that than see something sit on your shelf and just turn black from time and be something no one's going to remember. Cause like things like this, you guys aren't going to forget about it. I'm not going to forget about it. You know, mm-hmm. 17 other people yesterday are never going to forget about what we did yesterday on this mountain. And, and I think for that, like if you're looking if you're in archery and you're a veteran in archery and you're looking for something to make it fun again, find someone that needs to have fun and teach them. Yeah. And it's going to change your life. Like it hundred percent will change your whole perspective on everything. Mm-hmm. I would say that the competition aspect has a kind of a different twist for me nowadays. Cause when I was going in SF, you're competing every single day during training to get selected. But then when you get to a team, your, your reputation starts there and it goes on and every day you're competing. You don't have a chance to not compete because if you don't bring your A game, your shit's going to be in the hallway and you're going to find yourself on a support team. So you <laughs> have to be yeah. on point. So now and now that I'm um, working with my injuries, there's not a whole lot of folks out here that do the kind of stuff I do. Like I try to dabble in some adaptive CrossFit competitions, but you have to categorize people and classify them based on their injury set to make it fair for like what weights you're lifting, what speeds, right. what types of movements. And there was nobody in my class. So I just, I just jumped up to do it with folks that are missing just one leg or had one brace. And obviously I can't keep up, especially on squats and stuff like that. Yeah. So something I've learned nowadays is like, I still love the competition aspect, but I compete against myself. Yeah. It's this weird dynamic. where like, I say that in archery, every day. I'm like, I'm going to compete against myself to be better than the last shot better than yesterday and i'm going to keep going and so it's it's good because military folks are competitive just it's in their it's in their nature so if you feel like oh i have an injury or i'm dealing with some emotional trauma and i can't compete at the level that i was before i actually look at myself and i say i'm gonna compete against myself and it's the pursuit of perfection over the course of time it just makes me better like archery has made me a better person in the past year that i've been shooting 100 percent that's amazing. Likewise. Same. Yes, sir. Very much so. Same. Yeah. We got to end it there. Dude, you guys are awesome. Super Thank motivational. You so much. Thank you. Definitely adaptive. And uh, I don't know. I feel good today. Seeing you guys come off that hill with a smile, like my day is freaking as good as it can get right now. So thanks, everybody, for Thank listening. You. Knock on, everybody. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. knockonarchery.com